Hello, Ned here. Just a little scheduling reminder. This is going to be the last episode you're going to hear from us before we take a little hiatus in the month of July. We will not be releasing any Fate episodes or any Avatar episodes, but we will be back in August with more new episodes for you. We're currently having some internal discussions on how to make sure that we can release more consistently and more sustainably without needing to take these breaks in the future so that we can keep getting you episodes regularly. And we will be sure to let you know before the end of July what those plans are going to look like. So just keep your ears open for that. And now on with the show. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to a special bonus episode of Improv Tabletop, the RPG actual play where we make up most stuff on the spot, depending on the show. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... It's McKenna Steele, Mac Daddy. Indeed. We are going to be bringing you another Meet the Cast sort of episode so that you can get to know even more of our cast members in a more in-depth sort of way than you do through our random stories that we tell during our ideations. So random. Yeah, that's. I feel like it's... <laughs> a good way to get to know people because you get a lot of information, but it's also maybe not the greatest way to get to know people because it's all like the weirdest stories of our lives. Yeah, like it's it's not really anything sometimes of substance. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, let's start getting into some icebreaker questions. I'm going to stick with my favorites, the same ones that we did with Caleb. Yes. First of all, what is your favorite breakfast cereal? So, Ned, I am a heathen in your eyes. Mm? I am not a big breakfast cereal person. Mm. If I had to pick, it would be Cookie Crisp because I actually do love Cookie Crisp. But majority of the time, if I am waking up in the morning, I'm living on a Red Bull and a prayer that I'm making it to lunch. (laughs) But... Cookie Crisp would be my way to go for Christmas. My parents would have to, like, out of me and my three siblings, we would each get our own separate box of Cookie Crisp for breakfast because we couldn't share. And we'd all, like, eat it up too fast. And so the other one would be like, are you kidding me? You ate all the Cookie Crisp. And then we'd fight. And then my parents would be mad. And then they wouldn't buy us any more Cookie Crisp. So that was usually one of our Christmas presents was our own personal box. Exciting. (laughs) So even though I don't love cereal, that one has a special place for me. Indeed. Now, who's your favorite Winnie the Pooh character? (sighs) That's hard. Um, First of all, very specifically, the Winnie the Pooh from the Christopher Robin movie Mm. is one of my favorites. However, I love Eeyore. And you would think I would say because I relate to Eeyore, which is partially true, <laughs> but it is also because we always call my dog Zorro, and I feel like I've brought him up before. He's really cute. He's a Shih Tzu toy poodle, and he's he's adorable. He's precious, but he always kind of like mopes around our house, and so we always are like, "Oh, Eeyore, are you sad today?" <laughs> I actually have a little keychain on my keys with Eeyore on it. Nice. Yeah, I always like how he's like, "Oh, everything bad happens," and I'm like, "Oh." Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. But also really. I feel like we're all allowed to say it at this point. Yeah. 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 Uh, on a brighter note, uh, what is your dream job or vocation? Okay. So listen to this. So my favorite TV show in the entire world, I used to say 100% Friends. Ned, you know this. Mm-hmm. I talk about Friends all the time. I quote Friends all the time. My ringtone is a Friends ringtone. It is now between Friends and New Girl. <laughs> tied for first because I love New Girl. Um, I used to say I wanted to be on Broadway. I loved the whole atmosphere and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. 
and I still love it and I would love to do that. But my goal is to be on a TV show like Friends or like New Girl, like an actually like good sitcom. Mm -hmm. You know, people can relate to characters and it's one of those shows that you can turn on when you're having a rough day and you're like, oh, hey, you know, everybody's always talking about like with friends. They're like, I actually felt like they were my friends. Mm -hmm. That is my dream job is to be on a show like that where people can turn on the TV and be like, oh, yeah, I'm just hanging out with my friend McKenna. She's just on the TV. We're just hanging out. Mm -hmm. And it just seems so fun to and to always be with like a close knit cast like that. Kind of like what we're doing now. I have always been a person that loves the families that like, I, don't get me wrong. I love my family. I have a fantastic family, but I love the families that you get to make. And that's such a fun way to get to make those families. And this here podcast is hopefully just a stepping stone in the right direction. Yes. This is my other little family and then I'll make another little family. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as some more podcast related questions, uh, you've already spoken quite a bit about your desires to pursue acting and a little bit about your history. But could you give us some more detail about what your history is with acting and with improv in particular? Yeah, so acting, I mean, I started in, I think I took like an acting class in middle school because one of my friends was like, oh, this class is like an easy A, like you just go in and you just have fun. And I was like, I am so down for an easy A class because I will be honest, I was the lazy student. I am a smart student and I got good grades. I worked smarter, not harder. I'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. I was totally down for that. And then I ended up having a ton of fun and I kept doing it and I kept doing it. And I was like, okay, this is just like a fun activity. So I did that in seventh grade and eighth grade and freshman year. And then I was like, you know what? I actually really like doing this. I'll audition for the like advanced acting group at my high school. It was called Image Factory. It was still just a fun thing to me, fun activity. I was having a lot more fun doing that than I was playing basketball. And I went on, I think at the end of my sophomore year, we went on a trip to New York mm. and we went and saw Newsies and Chicago and Once. And I was like, oh, never mind. This is what it's about. I want to do this. Exactly. Like you just leave the theater and you feel like you can like conquer everything. Like you feel inspired and you feel like oh my gosh like I was so upset about this thing the other day I feel like I can go problem solve it now mm -hmm. I like feel like I can take on mountains I don't know that could just be how I felt coming out I mean Christian doesn't like going to musicals so he probably <laughs> walks out with like a headache but well, Christian just hates singing yeah so I don't know what he's doing with me because I do sing way too loudly in the shower <laughs> back on track and so I just kind of kept doing that and went on, did dance, particularly tap dance, um, did a little bit of ballet, singing, all that stuff. And then in college, there was Comic Frenzy that mm -hmm. you've heard us talk about many times. And in high school, I hated days that we did improv. Hated it. I dreaded those days. And our director, Archibald, he'd be like, all right, guys, we're going to get ready to do some improv. And I would literally like hide in the corner of the room. <laughs> and usually I like, if you met me in person, I'm sure you can tell by how much I'm talking and how loud I am on this podcast. I am not a very hide in the corner person. Mm -hmm. It was a plague to me. Um, too soon. So <laughs> when it came to Comic Frenzy, I don't even know why I auditioned. I don't know if it was just to me like, oh, it just seems like that's what all the cool kids are doing. Um, yeah, you look at guys like me and Thomas and you think, I want to hang out with the cool <laughs> hang kids. hang out with the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you guys are wonderful. Um, I think it was a lot of the people that I looked up to in the department that I was like, these are people that I know have skill and that I can tell are working hard to hone their craft and to be better. I was like, I wanna try and get there too. I wanna grow as an actor. And so I got over myself and I auditioned and I was in it for about a year and it was really fun and it was hard. Improv is hard, but it's also not if you just trust yourself and you trust the group that you're with. And yeah, so after doing that, I have a much different relationship with improv. Still scares me, Mm -hmm. still freaks me out. Even when we record, I'm like, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen, I'm gonna throw up, but (laughs) not as bad as it used to be, you know? Yeah, it really is the weirdest blend of difficult and easy. Yeah. I I just don't know how to describe it because it is hard to just make up stuff off the top of your head and to try and come up with rich characters and compelling relationships. Uh But when you manage to just find that groove, and a lot of it is the people, yeah. Like all of us on the show have been performing together for years and years. But when you finally get into that groove, it just happens. Yeah. It takes so much in trusting yourself, but also in trusting every other person on the stage or on, in our case, the podcast, just whoever you're performing with. It takes so much trust saying, okay, I need to not worry about myself and worry about everybody else and what I can do for them. And if they're worrying about the same things, I don't have to worry about myself because everybody else is worrying about me. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about improv is to maybe to bring some math into it because this is a geek podcast. <laughs> if you have Thomas, if you're listening, you should be proud. Uh, be so proud of me for this math, Thomas. So if you've got four people who are acting together on a stage or in a podcast episode, and if each of those people is just focusing on making themselves look good, each person only has one person person who's focused on making them look good. But if each person is ignoring whether they look good or not and is focusing on making everybody else look good, every individual has three people focusing on making them look good. And that is when the magic happens. Yeah. And that's like 12 people. Yeah. (laughs) It changes. It's like a 12 person group. Yeah. Thomas, is this good math? (laughs) Reach out to us after the show and let us know if this math is good. Where's my honorary math degree? Oh, yeah. Basically, we should teach college. Yeah. Now, this is a good segue into the next talking point, which is your history with geekery and with RPGs particularly. I will personally preface this by saying, like, if you were to line up every member of the cast of Improv Tabletop and ask me to point out the person who is not a geek, I would point to you. Correct. So the fact that you are on an RPG podcast of all things, like, how did you get here? My husband. Um, (laughs) So no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take RPG out of this question for a brief moment. We're going to set it aside. It's going to go have a snack. So I asked Christian about this because I was like, out of everybody in this podcast, I kind of had the same thought as you. I was like, I'm probably the least geeky, but also not. But here's what I've discovered. So let me just paint you a picture real quick, everybody. Mm -hmm. This is probably the most dramatic meet the cast until you get to Connor. Then his will be the most dramatic. But here we go. Indeed. Lights up. You're in a hospital room. Okay. Sound of a... (laughs) (laughs) No, so my story of life begins of my father taking his childhood Star Wars blanket and wrapping me up in it. There is multiple pictures of me as a baby wrapped up in a Star Wars blanket. Mm. So really my story of geekery begins with my father. 
I would spend multiple evenings watching him play Tomb Raider or James Bond on the PlayStation 1. I would play Rayman like as five years old, like maybe around like seven. I think I was seven years old. I almost beat Rayman, wow. the first Rayman. That's a tough game, like even for an adult. Yeah. Granted, I will say we did have like, you know how they used to have like the books, mm-hmm. you know, now you Google like, where is this one thing located in like this game? There used to be books, children. And that is next level geekery, having one of one of those books in your collection. Oh yeah, we had those for the PlayStation 1. Um, so we did that a lot, but like I am a completionist. And so any video game I play, I, I think that's probably where a lot of my geekery is, um, definitely in Star Wars. But also I really do like to play video games. Not a lot of video games like Black Ops or Assassin's Creed, things like that. But I play like Halo and I play all the Lego games as I've talked about. Mm-hmm. Like I play a lot of the games where they aren't necessarily hardcore gamer. Right now I'm working on Cuphead, mm-hmm. which I'm taking a break mm-hmm. because we bought a PlayStation 3 and I'm working on the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. So yeah, geekery has always kind of been a part of it because of my dad. He is a huge nerd. But then RPG came into play with Christian Mm -hmm. and a little bit with my friend Miles and his brother Woody kind of side introduced it to me in high school. I didn't play, but like they talked a little bit about it and I was like, oh, cool. And in my mind, I was like, okay, if they play it, then it's okay because they're cool people. (laughs) And then I got to college and I was like, okay, Christian plays it. And then I started wanting to play it because I was like, okay, I want to prove that I'm cool about it. And (laughs) then I actually had a lot of fun and I learned that I could you know punch people and not get in like actual like full trouble like I can still get in trouble like in game but like I can't really get in trouble in like real life yeah which is really nice yeah it's a good outlet yeah so I really haven't been playing that long with RPG like 2018 I think yeah I remember sitting down across from you at a McDonald's to make your first D&D character a drow monk Ariel Iron Fist yeah and right after that as I was driving home I hit a deer (gasps) you did I did I don't remember that did you tell us that Oh my gosh. Uh, apparently I did not, but <gasps> hello world, I hit a deer on my way home from making a D&D character with McKenna here. Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, I'm glad you're okay. Was your car okay? Yeah, it's the same car. It's okay. It's okay, fine. cool, 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 cool. I mean, I feel like if your car wasn't okay, I would have definitely heard about it. Yeah, it got fixed. It's Was the fine. deer okay? Did you kill the deer? It limped away, and um, I don't want to think about it right now. Let's continue away from that. Yeah, let's talk about a more specific brand of geekery. You, at the time of recording, are involved in our Avatar Legends campaign. Avatar, yes. Yeah, so talk to me about Avatar, because most of the people that I talk to about Avatar with have a history with Avatar and, like, their story of how they came to an appreciation of it. Um, mine is lots smaller. Um, I thought it was really just a kid's show. And so anytime it would come on on Nickelodeon, I'd be like, ew. And I would change the channel because I'm terrible. And then while Christian and I were dating, he was like, will you watch it? And I was like, no. And he was like, please. And I was like, okay, fine. We either started it. I had a surgery while we were engaged. So book one of Avatar, I was coming off of anesthesia. So I still always have Exciting. a hard time. Yeah, I still always have a hard time remembering it. But after that, I had to deal with some mental health stuff. So we paused it in the middle of it. And I don't think I picked it back up until summer of 2020. So yeah, I had only seen Avatar like a year before we started the Avatar campaign. 
Um, I love it though. It is phenomenal and it's a beautiful story and just so much you can learn from it. Every time you watch it, there's something new. Mm -hmm. So uh, now I'm interested because you have a very fun character in that campaign, but of all of the characters that you've done on the show, who would you say are your top three characters that you've played and what do you enjoy about them? I do love Zaya. I what I love about her, I think I love that out of all my other characters, she is the most fleshed out because I mean I got to actually flesh her out even more because there's only so much that you can do in a fate during yeah. a recording session, you know. <laughs> and I like a lot of the backstory stuff that she has going on that we haven't fully talked about. Um, there's been little glimpses here and there. And I think the thing I love about her the most and something that I envy of her is she has a very carefree spirit. Just go with the flow, whatever's gonna happen and we'll take it as it comes. Uh, yeah, she can probably get a little attitude. That part definitely comes from me, <laughs> but she is a lot more, yeah, we'll work it out. It's gonna be okay. She's a lot more positive. She is a loving person and she really just wants to help anybody. And I really love that about her um, and how the campaign's gone so far. I really love a lot of the growth that she's done, dealing with some of her past, just with some things that I've been thinking about that hasn't been brought up per se in the campaign, but just really fun to sit and think, okay, how is this affecting her in the long term? How is this going to affect her choices moving forward? I mean, especially like, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened, like stuff with Amar, mm -hmm. that's been kind of hinted at almost kind of like, is this something that is going to play into more? Is this just kind of jokingly fun? And just like real life, just like real life, where it's just like, I don't know what's happening. I can't read signals. Mm -hmm. Long winded answer for Zaya, because there's just so much with her that I love. Um, I definitely would say next would be Lila Bell. Mm. I just think she's so sweet as pecan pie. Indeed. I just think she's just really cute. And we have a fan art that, oh, is that one Sammy drew? Yes. I think it was Sammy. And it just, oh my gosh, it just made me love her 10 times more seeing just a little piece of fan art of her. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, she's precious. I feel like she kind of was a good middle ground between the two because I felt like Brimpus and Sheriff Stone were just two very opposite sides. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, she was yeah. kind of like, okay, you two, meet in the middle here somewhere, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she was just so cute. Oh, and then I think Greya. I just love Greya. Just because. All characters with fun accents. All characters with fun accents. If it's going to be a Scottish accent, I was in a play where I did a Scottish accent and I've been obsessed ever since and I've been digging deeper into my Scottish heritage like I've been looking at like looking into like the specific tartan for my family name and things like that because it was like three or four great grandpas ago is directly from Scotland like so any character that's gonna be Scottish obviously I'm gonna love but she was just really fun I, I really liked the idea of a house elf because that wasn't something that was like it was talked about briefly with Dobby and with Creature and the other one that I hate Winky. Yeah. Yeah, Winky, who you killed in the. Uh... <laughs> it's fine. We put out a doppelganger yeah. of Polyjuice Potion. It's fine. But it, it was fun to kind of sit and think with her like, what would actually everyday life look like for a house elf at Hogwarts, especially during the Triwizard Tournament at Hogwarts? Mm -hmm. And then also dealing with all this other stuff. And it was also just the group dynamic with the other characters in that one, I thought just flowed so well that it made me love her even more just because of how she was with everybody else. Yeah, I think it was really 
really great to have these two kind of very youthful and happy-go-lucky characters. And then you've got Greya over here who's just completely over it, but also has this mischievous streak to her. Yeah. So a very good way, because she likes to have pranks that complements these other two characters, but because she's a bit more haggard and a bit more tired, is able to rein in some of their more chaotic tendencies. Yeah. It's, it's always good to have someone rein in the chaos. There needs to be at least one. Yeah. And <laughs> It's kind of fun that you picked those two characters aside from Zaya because we mentioned recently in one of our episodes that we did a poll on Instagram asking people what their favorite campaigns were and Animal Station was right at the top and I think Dumbledore's Delinquents was tied for third after Miceborn. Yeah, I was going to say, I was pretty close up there. Yeah, great characters, great stories. If you haven't listened to those ones, those would be some great places to start. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because I like my characters. Everybody <laughs> did fantastic in that one, and the stories turned out really well for as chaotic as they can be. <laughs> yeah, just moral of the story, I guess, if McKenna's bringing in a good accent, especially a southern accent, you know it's going to be a good character. Well, it helps when I work at a dental office and basically I listen to southern people talk all day <laughs> well some good character study it really is honestly well this being a maybe somewhat unorthodox acting technique do you have any advice that you would give to any of our listeners who might be interested in getting into acting or into improv trust yourself is probably the biggest one don't let yourself get in your own way I know I do that all the time I get myself so worked up about what ifs that I don't even and let myself try to see if any of those what ifs come true. Because there are so many times where I'm like, what if I get it? What if I don't? What if I do do a good job, but then I get there and I freak out and just trust that you will do a good job. Trust in your abilities and trust in your ability to learn. Also, and this is going to sound so cheesy, and I hate that it's so cheesy, but with the failures, they truly are a learning experience. They're not a way of somebody saying, oh, you're terrible. You're never going to do anything good. They're literally just like in regards to acting. You go in an audition or you are trying to start up for the first time. It's going to take a little bit to kind of work your way through it. And if you get told no at an audition, that doesn't necessarily mean, and this was something that's always helped me, was that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're bad. That's just, you know, you are not what they are looking for. You are good. This is not a matter of talent. It is a matter of whether or not you fit into what they are trying to envision, mm -hmm. which has helped me when there is that rejection. Um, in regards to improv, there's no such thing as failure in improv. Yeah, yeah. I truly believe that there is no such thing as failure because, like, it, it, it's improv. You can't, you can't necessarily control anything. You can't control the person next to you. You just have to say yes and give a gift and just trust them. Trust yourself. Don't get in your way. Yeah, a couple of your comments made me think about our good old friend Trevor Hill, who was our director in our improv troupe Brother. and also a director for, I think, most of the plays that I was in when I was uh, in college. And I was never like super behind the scenes in his casting decisions, a bit more with improv than with the plays, certainly. But I remember him just mentioning to me something to the effect of he was having a hard time trying to cast one of the plays because he could see it going three different ways, three casts that he would be like equally happy with. 
and it's just the combination of the people in the different roles. It's all about circumstance and about time and place. Mm -hmm. So that even more proved to me the fact that if you don't get into a show, it's not that you're a bad performer. It's just that they had different people that they felt like maybe fit that particular vision a little bit better. So yeah, trust yourself. Don't get in your way. That's, that is a very Taoist kind of philosophy. Don't get in your own way. Oh yeah. I think that's super cool that you had that like experience with Trevor seeing the casting process of seeing the three different ways it could go because I was um, assistant choreographer for Pirates of Penzance and going through the casting process of that was kind of the same thing. They were viewing it as like an educational standpoint where it was like, yes, we have these three different women who would be fantastic in this role. However, for this one, she needs a senior showcase or a senior project that this would work well for. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're cast that way because this person either needs to get that experience for them to grow. And with that, it's just about helping others to become better mm -hmm. and being supportive along the way. And it's, it's so weird to be behind the scenes for that. Yeah. And it's definitely not just with the arts. It, it's a bit more prominent in the arts that you will face rejection maybe a little bit more often than people who aren't pursuing the arts. Oh, yeah. But it's also just good life advice in general. You're oh, yeah. going to go through rejection. And often it's not about you. It's just about time and place and circumstance. Yep. Circumstance. Let's see. And then our final sort of formal question for this interview. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into tabletop gaming? You being the least geeky of our cast. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. I think it gets a bad reputation. There's just always a stigma of weird people play it, but it's a fun way of storytelling and being able to work on your imagination. Mm -hmm. I feel like growing up, you have so much imagination time. Like you play with your Barbies, you play with Transformers, robots in disguise. You play with all these different things and your imagination is wild. And then as you get older, a lot of the time that imagination starts getting smaller. And this to me is a good way to help work those imagination muscles and to spend time with your friends in a different way that isn't on anything electronic. Just think of it, it's, you're just having fun. Don't get caught up in like, am I doing a good job? Am I playing the game right? There's not really a wrong way to play the game. You have the rule books in front of you. It's just a fun way to have fun with your friends and just don't put pressure on it if that's the part that stresses you out. Mm -hmm. Just go just to have a fun time and make up stories and be silly. Yeah, I've noticed a number of times as I've gotten further and further into this hobby, I start getting more serious about it and being like, my story needs to be this grand epic that I'm sharing with my friends and uh, the relationships between them and the, the political intrigue and blah, blah, blah. And then I sit down and think to myself, this is a game, isn't it? <laughs> I should be treating this like a game, maybe, and just having fun with it. I think that is so funny because I think part of me wants it to be like that, too. I mean, we sit and we watch, like, Dimension 20 and Critical Role, where it can be, like, serious and, like, they tell these amazing, compelling stories, and I want to be able to do that. And so I think it's nice because I feel like we are doing that more with... Avatar, which is nice, but yeah, it is a game. And I always find myself like we go to sit down, kind of like you said, and you're like, okay, it's going to be serious. 
and then it just it can it really can be what you want it to be it doesn't have to be any one specific way indeed you know maybe you want your game to be like critical role maybe you want it to be just a complete joke fest where you just bum around and have fun and ignore the rules as much as you want some days that's all i want to do but that's when i make christian dm (laughs) (laughs) because that's the person who could handle my chaos Well, do you have any final parting words for our friends out there in podcast world? Friends out there in podcast world, I love you. Thank you for listening to me ramble. I appreciate your listening. And if you don't normally listen and you just decided to listen to this one episode, what the heck, go listen to the rest, you dummy. Well, with that, it's time for me to pick up my script and say thanks, everybody, for listening to this special bonus episode of Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next time with more wacky adventures in whatever world we end up in. So if you want more, go and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a baby wrapped in a Star Wars blanket if you would give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to connect with us there, maybe you want to talk with McKenna about some more of her favorite acting experiences, then, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to us. Doing a quick round of plugs on this channel, we have two, count them, two shows that you can listen to that we've been talking about the entire time. One of them is our Completely Improvised Fate campaigns. The other is our ongoing Avatar Legends campaign. They are both a stellar amount of fun, so we hope you stick around for those. We also have a sister podcast Podcast called I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play, and it's uh, very serious. Very, very, very serious the entire time. Very serious. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us here for this bonus interview episode. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... McKenna Steele, the coolest cucumber in the cucumber patch. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. Mwah! Thank you.